What's up, Boston? It's Friday, February 17th, and that means it's time again for another installment of the Friday Five, where we update you on the latest news from Boston and around the U.S. I'm Landry Harlan. And I'm Chris Atienza. With the Boston University News Service, or BUNS for short. Don't worry, no snow to keep us off the air this week. So without further ado... It has been a hectic morning, and I'm not talking about the tea acting up. Earlier today, AP had reported that the Trump administration had drafted up a memo that would enlist thousands of National Guard troops to round up unauthorized immigrants, specifically in states nearby the United States borders. AP had called the 11-page draft an unprecedented militarization of immigration enforcement. The White House was quick to respond, with Reuters reporting that AP had simply received false as a response. Following a tweet claiming that the information was 100% false, White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer addressed reporters aboard the Air Force One. To go out and say this is 100% not true. There is no effort to utilize the National Guard to round up unauthorized immigrants. I don't think you can be any clearer than that. Chris, I would say it was a hectic week. President Donald Trump held his first solo press conference of his administration Thursday afternoon to name his new nominee for Labor Secretary, Alexander Acosta. His first nominee, Andrew Puzder, withdrew his nomination Wednesday due to fierce opposition from both Democrats and Republicans. Acosta is a former law school dean and former assistant attorney general from Florida. He would be the first Hispanic to serve in the Trump administration. He has had a tremendous career. He's a member and has been a member of the National Labor Relations Board and has been through Senate confirmation three times. Many questions filtered from the press at the conference concerned the resignation of National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. White House leaks reported by The Washington Post showed that he lied to Vice President Mike Pence and the FBI about the calls, though Mr. Flynn says that he was given incomplete information. Lying to the FBI is a federal offense. The president responded by saying that what he did wasn't wrong, what he did in terms of the information he saw. He also explained his reasons for asking for Flynn's resignation. He was just doing his job. The thing is, he didn't tell our vice president properly, and then he said he didn't remember. So either way, it wasn't very satisfactory to me. Trump also used the conference to chastise the media, saying that organizations such as CNN put out fake news and claiming the media is out to attack him. I want to see an honest press. When I started off today by saying that it's so important to the public to get an honest press. The press, the public doesn't believe you people anymore. Now, maybe I had something to do with that. I don't know. The conference's testiest exchange came over Trump's claim that his election had the largest margin of victory in the Electoral College since Ronald Reagan. A reporter fact-checked him, but Trump explained that he was given that information. Here's AP correspondent Josh Boak explaining how Trump got the facts wrong. President Trump claimed to have gotten 306 electoral votes, the biggest electoral college win since Ronald Reagan. But that's not even close. If we look at the eight elections since Reagan, Trump's win was only the sixth largest, and he actually got 304 electoral votes instead of the 306 claimed. The Senate is set to confirm former Oklahoma Attorney General Scott Pruitt to head the Environmental Protection Agency today over the objections of Democrats, such as Senator Gene Shaheen of New Hampshire. Here's Senator Shaheen on Thursday speaking out against the nominee. He rejects the core missions of the Environmental Protection Agency. At every turn, he sued the EPA to block protections for clean air and clean water. He's an outspoken climate change denier. 
He seeks to dismantle the EPA's clean power plan, which was put in place to address climate change. Republicans claim that Pruitt will get the EPA under control and allow for the agency to focus on the environment and the economy. Here's Senator James Inhofe of Oklahoma on why Pruitt should be confirmed. I know that Attorney General Pruitt will continue to be a champion for economic development and environmental responsibility by upholding the law and restoring the Environmental Protection Agency to its role as a regulatory agency, not an activist organization. And Landry, I don't know if you noticed, this week people across the country came together in a show of solidarity by not showing up to work. From Dorchester to D.C., restaurants all over the United States were closed for business to show the country what it could be like for a day without immigrants. Restaurant owner Silvana Salcido Esparaza of Phoenix says that she closed down her three restaurants to show her solidarity. We closed down three restaurants. We lost a lot of money. Uh, people sacrificed their, their wages. Uh, people are not making deliveries. A lot of things did not happen because we're in solidarity for immigrants. That cost, I was willing to pay for it. You know, um, That's just the cost of, of, of standing for something you believe in. And that should do it for everything national this week. Let's go see what the local kid Rob's got to say this time. What's that music I hear? Rob, Chris told you already. We can't afford the copyright for Ride of the Valkyries. <laughs> the bit didn't even make sense in the first place. We aren't getting a heliport. Whoa, spoiler alert. <sighs> well, listeners, Aaron's right. Despite a new public heliport being part of the original deal to bring General Electric headquarters to Boston, both sides have agreed to scrap that part of the agreement. I have to give a quick shout out to Charles Scoop Forsos. He was on this story bizarrely early for Bums. Borsos told us back in the fall that neither side seemed terribly invested in what would have been a very expensive public works project. Okay, Aaron, now let's see if you've learned anything in all those protests you've been covering. What's next? Call your reps. Okay, well that's the cheer, but rather than calling them, why don't we just figure out what they'll actually be doing? Because, as of yesterday, we have new Senate leadership positions. It's like Christmas came early. There wasn't a lot of turnover in the state Senate election, so most of the appointments remained the same. There are three new positions, though, and they had to be filled. Wait, we have new appointees to new committees? This really is your Christmas. Well, only one new committee. The other new position is an additional assistant majority whip. The two assistant majority whips will now be state senators Linda Forey and Joan Lovely. As for new committees, ballot question four said that... Didn't we put an official podcast-wide embargo on you talking about ballot questions until the next election? But it's relevant! The Committee on Marijuana Policy has been created to oversee the regulation of legal marijuana after Massachusetts voters said yes on... Question four in November. This committee's new chair is State Senator Patricia Jalen of Somerville. Jalen was a supporter of the ballot measure, which legalized recreational use of marijuana in the state. Senator Jason Lewis, who is a vocal opponent of marijuana legalization, was named as Jalen's vice chair. Drama! Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Meanwhile, Speaker of the House Robert DeLeo is set to make his appointments later today. All right, guys, and now it's time for science. Science! 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 and tech with Aaron Wade.
We all know you're a Twitter junkie, Rob. There's no denying it. And I'm not trying to deny it. Why wouldn't I be a Twitter junkie? You can learn so many things on that app. Well, then you must be following all the controversy with the president giving certain government agencies and departments a gag order on their social media use. But while nobody in the government is really tweeting anything too controversial, some advocacy groups are tweeting up a storm. Over the past couple days, I saw that the NPCA had been tweeting a whole bunch in opposition to Scott Pruitt, who Trump nominated to lead the Environmental Protection Agency. Yeah, so the NPCA is the National Parks Conservation Association. It's an independent advocacy group that promotes policies it sees as beneficial to the National Park Service. Within the past two days, the NPCA has tweeted a ton of stuff like this tweet it sent out on Thursday. Quote, Scott Pruitt built his career suing EPA. He can't be allowed to lead it. Call your senator to say hashtag reject Pruitt. The tweet linked to a page with a script laying out what to say to your senator when you got them on the phone. And it also contained a picture with text overlaid that read, quote, Fact, Scott Pruitt has a long record of litigation undermining the stewardship of America's national parks. And speaking of the EPA, didn't you just cover a rally outside of Boston's EPA office on Valentine's Day? I did indeed. A couple dozen people gathered in Post Office Square at around 8 Tuesday morning. They were thanking EPA employees headed into work and passing out heart-shaped sugar cookies. One of the organizers, Beth Tenner, told me the purpose of the demonstration. Uh, we're here uh, to show that we support the EPA. They, put, they provide a bright, vital public service, and it's important to come out and show what we're for. This was the first demonstration Tenner has participated in since Trump's inauguration. She says she was traveling during the Women's March, which is why she didn't attend. Organizers said the next action attendees can participate in, aside from calling their representatives, is the rally to stand up for science. That's going to be held on Sunday at noon in Copley Square. And now for something completely different, space. I'm assuming since we're talking about space now, that means you've got something on your favorite human in the whole world, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Actually, no, I don't have anything from my good friend Neil today. Just SpaceX. Sorry to disappoint, Rob. That's okay. You're just defying expectations. Next, you'll say you don't have anything on self-driving car news this week. I just have, like, a quick, tiny autonomous vehicle update at the end of the segment. <laughs> of course you do. Don't make fun of me. Can we get back to space now? Fine. Back to space. SpaceX specifically. They have a launch scheduled this weekend, right? Yeah, they do. On Saturday at 10.01 in the morning, SpaceX is set to launch 5,500 pounds of cargo from Kennedy Space Center in Florida to the International Space Station. If conditions don't work out on Saturday, their backup launch window is at 9.38 in the morning on Sunday. And will you be watching? Um, obviously, SpaceX is going to be live streaming the launch on its website. Watch party at my place! I, for one, will not be there. Saturday morning cartoons aren't going to watch themselves. To each their own, Rob. To each their own. And speaking of self-driving cars... Wait, wait, wait. I want to tell this story. You're really going to steal my thunder on AVs right now? Yeah, it's a fun story. Fine, go for it. But I want to hear you make some sound effects or something. Okay. So while Aaron was at CES at the beginning of January covering the self-driving cars beat, you'll never guess who began testing in the seaport. The Cambridge-based self-driving car software company, Newtonomy, of course. So I get this frantic text from Aaron, like, my phone just <laughs> And uh, I pick it up, and it says, Newtonomy started testing in Boston, Rob! You need to get down there with a camera now! Make a video package, we need coverage of this! So the situation is that this was in the middle of January when school is closed, so I don't have access to any of my recording equipment, so I couldn't get down there. And long story short, Rob and I are no longer friends. 
and I'm not at all bitter about this. Let's just kick it over to Brian Chris for some sports. So, Brie, it's almost that time of year. Which time? <laughs> Taxis? <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Baseball season is almost upon us because spring training just started. All the teams have reported down to where it's warmer, and I cannot wait for that to start up again. Same. But let's focus on the sports that are going on in Boston right now. The Bruins are third in the Atlantic Division, and it's been a week off, so they'll be returning to the ice this weekend against the San Jose Sharks. Although the Bruins might not be playing at the level they would like, there's still a lot of hockey to be played, being that the season will end on April 9th. But it also does look good for their future because prospect Ryan Donato, who plays for Harvard currently, had a four-goal game against the Union. And if you've been keeping up with Boston hockey, then you know that Donato scored in 6-3 beanpot victory for Harvard over BU. Yes, I do know that. Sorry, Terriers. Look at me. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully by the time Donato gets on the ice with the Bruins, he'll give the team just what they need. So what else is happening in sports, Bree? Well, coming up on our beautiful basketball season here, the Celtics are three games behind the Cavs, and I really think they could actually make a push for the number one spot in the Eastern Conference, considering that the Cavs just lost Kevin Love for six weeks. He's having a knee surgery, so that is something to look out for. That should be an interesting development for the basketball picture. How are the Celtics looking for the uh, for the All-Star game? Well, you have an All-Star in our very own Isaiah Thomas, which I think is well-deserved. Although he's a reserve, last season he barely made it as a reserve. It's really like a shout-out to how he's playing this season because you can't deny him. I understand that Kyrie, of course Cavs fans are going to vote him in as a reserve, but the way IT is playing, I'm glad he's finally getting that kind of recognition because he's playing out of his mind. This entire season. (laughs) He has been a good, good kid for that team. Like, seeing how many times he'll be on the leaderboard by the end of the game, no matter what the score is, it's just really admirable. King in the fourth. And I got to see it live. He didn't (laughs) drop 40, but he was definitely king in the fourth, okay? (laughs) It is is a real thing that actually happens. It's not made up. It's not rigged. He actually plays like a king in the fourth. So you really have to give it to him. I would also put him in the MVP conversation. You can't deny him. He's definitely the heart of that team, especially when you expect big play from Al Horford, who you just gave a big contract and you expect him to contribute, especially in the front court, because we all know that sometimes the Celtics have trouble playing defense on the inside. Um, You would think that he would be the scorer and rebounder that you picked up from Atlanta, especially given the season that he had in Atlanta last season. But sometimes it gets really flaky. And you could see that IT really is the heart of this team. I don't even want to say the king of this team because he's already king of the fourth. You could see where this team's heart comes from, and that's definitely from Isaiah Thomas. That is 100% understandable. You know what also this time of year means, Bray? We're almost at our favorite time of college basketball's March Yay. Madness. <laughs> Who's on your bracket? I don't know. I want to see how everyone else finishes up a little bit. It's still fairly early in February, so we will have to discuss when it gets a little bit later in the month. Same. Sounds good to me. I mean, remember, I'm from Philly, so the fact that Villanova won last year and no one expected that, including people from Philly. Yeah. (laughs) uh, That should do it for this round of our favorite segment of the Friday Five of Sports. I'll leave you and Landry to talk about the artsy-fartsy things in Boston. Sounds good.
about time we got to our segment. This previous the important to talk about. I'm Beyonce's ready. twins. Yes. The names. What are they? No, the names. Kidding. What will they be? <laughs> will they be cardinal directions like Kanye and Kim's children? <laughs> will they be another color? The people are awaiting. I feel like guesses? I honestly think she might surprise us and go with, I don't know, like a Kevin. Who knows? Kevin. Named after <laughs> Kevin know. Durant. Oh, no. See, I do know something about sports. <laughs> we also need to talk about the Grammys for a hot second. Yes. Oh. Did you watch them? I didn't watch the full Grammys. I watched Bruno Mars um, tribute. Right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Both that of guitar. his performances. Mm. Oh, man. Bruno Mind Mars, blown. Such a performer. Yes. Excellent performer. I love and that performance. Beyonce, of course. Put on a great show. Adele. Yes. Brought everyone, including me, to tears. <laughs> A little surprised to see her win. I was pulling for Lemonade to win, but you Same. know what? I appreciated Adele getting up there and saying, Beyonce, probably should have won. I do her. too. I love them both. You know, I don't like to pick and choose. They're both wonderful. Right. And 25, it was a good album. I'm not oh, yeah. even, it's not, oh, I'm yeah. not even upset at that it won, but you know. Did you see the formation video though? Yes. Oh my God. Of course. We yeah. can talk about that for a long time. What we <laughs> want to talk about right now is. What all you Bostonians can go do for fun this weekend. I know it's still a little cold, but we're going to get like 40 degree temperatures this weekend. Very, Sounds very exciting. Very yes. exciting. <laughs> we're going to get you outside, even though the first thing that I'm going to suggest to you all on this President's Day weekend is actually inside. And I'm sorry <laughs> for all the children listening right now, but shit face Shakespeare. So you all know Shakespeare's plays. Um, Romeo and Juliet, Much Ado About Nothing. You read them in school. Probably seen them before. Probably never seen them quite like this with one member of the cast completely inebriated <laughs> and the rest of the cast is trying to go along with it so this is going to be at Laugh Boston in the Rockwell this weekend Friday and Saturday nights at 7pm there will be Romeo and Juliet and Much Ado About Nothing you can get discounted tickets through the BU News Service website for $15 Bri what do you think? That sounds excellent uh, honestly as an English major it took me a minute to get into Shakespeare but I bet if I had someone narrating it to me drunk I would have enjoyed it so much more honestly can we <laughs> can we be sure that Shakespeare was not was not drinking at least a little bit when he was writing because <laughs> I mean have you all read Midsummer Night's Dream yes and it's, that is uh, very accurate <laughs> there was there's a little bit of liquid courage to write that thing so moving right along I don't know what it is, but this weekend, it's just like alcohol and art together. Two things that I love. Like this next thing, Opera on Taps, Winter Warmer. Hmm. Um, this is going to be at the Burren Saturday at 2.30 p.m. And basically, you can go have some drinks and see some of the best opera singers in the area. Wow. You know, just a little more relaxed atmosphere. They'll be singing opera, but some musical theater, some jazz. I know opera can seem kind of like a stuffy, scary thing, but this is like kind of a good way to ease into it. Hmm. Plus, you also have alcohol to help it make a little more sense. So. Everything's better with liquor. <laughs> Sorry again for that, children. <laughs> Moving right along, Brie, have you ever played FIFA? I actually have. Nice. FIFA is fun. That's it's probably fun. one of the only video games that I can kind of understand. Or do you think? Do you think you're good enough? at FIFA to participate in a tournament? Absolutely not, <laughs> but I would love to go. Well, it's all right. People like you and I, we can just go and be spectators at this, uh, the sixth annual Midnight Riders FIFA tournament going on at Elephant and Castle Sunday from 12 to 3 p.m. Wow. $5 to be a spectator and 
$25 to participate. Um, event is open to all. There will be food, there will be drinks, and lots and lots of FIFA. Note, it's PS4. Mm. So if that... That's a good thing to know. Last and certainly not least, Brie, what's your favorite cereal? Ooh. I'm going to actually go with Frosted Flakes. I know normally people say Great Cinnamon choice. Toast Crunch, but I think Great I'm going to go with the flakes on this one. You know what? So short story, I was at Reese's over the weekend getting ready to kind of hunker down for the storm. Mm-hmm. And I heard angels singing because family size Honey Nut Cheerios were on sale for $2. Plus. What? Where? Wait, I can only where? buy two because only that many could fit in my bag. It was at Star Market. At Star, Star Market? Market plug. I don't know if it's still going on, but get out there, everybody. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is <laughs> Honey Nut Cheerios are my jam. They're so good. That they and 2% are. milk every morning. They what are. I'm trying to get to right now <laughs> is Monday, 8 to 11 a.m. If you can get yourself up on a holiday. They tried in Booksellers and Cafe. All-you-can-eat cereal buffet. Yes, you heard those wow. words right. All-you-can-eat. You adults who, yes, I understand to wake up that morning, also need alcohol. There will be mimosas available as well. Um, again, at Trident Booksellers and Cafe, the cereal and mimosa is $15. Mm-hmm. If you just want cereal, $10. All you can eat, celebrate presidents the right way. That's not the even... Frosted that is, Flakes and Honey Nut Cheerios. That sounds like something to wake up for. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I agree. I will probably be there. Um, anyways, that's what's going on this weekend. Those are our thoughts on Beyonce. We know that's what you've been waiting this whole podcast for. But now, we've probably taken enough of your time. Let's close this thing out. Right, Chris? And with that, this ends this week's Buns Friday 5 for February 17th, 2017. We'll be back next week with all the latest news from Boston, Beyonce, and around the country. For the Buns Friday 5, I'm Chris Atienza. And I'm Landry Harlan. Have a fantastic week.